Welcome to Confessions of a Real Estate Lawyer, a weekly series giving you an in-depth look at the reality of a real estate transaction through the eyes of a lawyer. And now, here's your host, Richard Barbara. Hey everybody, Rich Barbara with another episode of Confessions of a Real Estate Lawyer. And today, I want to talk about a little war story, a little, um, little war story that paints the picture of another type of real estate professional you don't want to be, okay? So recently we talked about the people that are not prepared, right? We talked about the cardinal rule of being prepared, right? Being prepared is one of the cardinal rules of doing well in real estate, okay? One of the other cardinal rules is being capable of flexibility. Being capable of flexibility. You got to be able to learn a new trick every now and again. So if you're one of these people that you've been doing real estate since God spoke to Moses, I mean, you were around for the Louisiana Purchase, so you know everything. You're not making life easy either. You want to know why? Because things change, right? Remember, it's like uh, like poor Mitt Romney made that mistake. Remember debate number two with Obama when he was like, well, the, the Navy has less ships you know, than it had at, uh, you know, 50 years ago. And Obama was like, yeah, the governor says the Navy has less ships. Well, guess what, governor? The Army has less, you know, bayonets and horses, too. You know, because things change over time. Things evolve. And you have to be able to evolve with it. And if you're unable to evolve and change with the times, you're going to get left behind. All right. So here's an example. So now everybody's heard, you know, about Russian hacking, Russian interference, identity theft, uh, you know, phishing expedition emails. You get an email with a link and you click and the next thing you know, your email is, you know, infiltrated. I mean, all just this, this the cyber warfare that we live in right now. It's like, you know, you walk outside and shots aren't being fired. But on the Internet, it's like shots are being fired all the time. Okay, it's like cyber warfare. So. For closing agents, you know, the authorities, the underwriters, the people that kind of tell closing agents like us what to do, came out with a rule a few years ago that says, if you receive instructions regarding money via email, you must verify those instructions by phone with the sender, right? In other words, if you get an email saying, hey, when we close, please send all my millions of dollars over to this account. You get an account and a routing number. You get all the things that should be there. You can't just rely on that email because that email could have been sent to you from the set, you know, the seller or the true party in interest, or it could have been sent to you by some Russian, right? Or some Croatian, some Serbian, some Czech, somebody out there in the Eastern Bloc with nothing better to do but take advantage of, of you know, closing agents over here that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. So you you have to verify those instructions verbally to make sure that they were accurate, to make sure that they were sent to you by the right person, to make sure that when you send the money away, you're sending it to the right place, okay? And to avoid disaster. But guess what? You know what that represents? You know what that rule represents for people in my business? It represents an extra step. That's right. One more thing to do. 
And you know what? That drives everyone bananas. Having to do one more thing is like unbelievable. It's like asking someone to clean the latrine. That's right. One more step. So once upon a time, I had this file, right? It was a big money file. We were getting ready to send the seller's wire. And and the seller was represented by one of these guys that if you don't send the wire within like two nanoseconds of closing, you must be stealing the money. Okay, one of these ancient alarmists, one of these guys that when he started, there wasn't even wires, right? I mean, the guy's happy to tell you that he's been practicing law since the Louisiana Purchase. That's how long he's been doing real estate. But back then, there were no wires. Like back then, the guy had to put the money on a horse and buggy and send it across town. And he's talking about speed and agility. So we're trying to explain to this genius that we haven't been able to send send the wire because we have to comply with this painfully simple rule that is having to verify the wire instructions by phone. And you know what? The seller won't answer. The, the guy with whom we have to verify, his own client won't answer the phone. So th- this guy accuses me of making it up that there's this rule. Can you imagine? Because... This guy, he was unaware of the rule. And you know why he was unaware of the rule? Because he hasn't taken his head out of his journal since God spoke to Moses either. That guy, he has no internet connection. One of these guys, you get an email from him and it's really from his assistant. Like he set up one email address at like AOL. He's the last guy. The last AOL email is this guy. Okay. And he's, he, ne- you never know who the actual sender of an email from him is. Cause it could be the receptionist. It could be his assistant. Who's also been doing That's the, that's the other thing. The only person who knows more than this guy knows is his assistant. That's right. That cantankerous woman that's been with the guy for 55 years. He's been practicing law for 54 years. She's been with him for 55 years. Do the math. It's odd. So that's the lady that knows everything. So she wants to chastise you. She wants to humiliate you. This whole thing. So these people are going crazy. This guy's telling me that unless I send him a, a, a proof of this rule, proof of the rule, that he's going to report me to the Florida bar. Can you believe it? So let me tell you how this story ended, okay? By the way, this happened on a Friday. So admittedly, the fact that we're not able to get the seller's wire out on a Friday means that the seller's not going to get their money, you know, not on Saturday, not not on Friday, not on Saturday, not on Sunday. Seller's not going to get their money till Monday. So of course, by now they feel that they've been robbed for three days because, you know, for three whole days, two of which were Saturday and Sunday, they don't have their money. Never mind that I'm not able to comply with the painfully simple rule of verifying their wire instructions for their protection to make sure the money they want gets to them. So let me tell you how the story ends, guys. On Monday, when we're finally able to verify the wire instructions, do you know what we find? I mean, because let me tell you, it's poetic justice. Just occasionally, things do work out this way. Do you know what we find? We find that the wire instructions were wrong. That's right. They sent the wrong wire instructions. Had we ignored the rule, had we listened, had we caved to the pressure being applied from Mr. Know-it-all, Mr. I've been doing this for a thousand years and I've never heard of this verification nonsense, had we listened to that guy, the money would have gone to the wrong place. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how good he would have looked 
after I would have sent his client all 57 emails that he sent me accusing me of theft and who knows what else for trying to just follow the rules. It's really unbelievable. So, of course, of course, I took great pleasure after realizing from my assistant that the wire instructions provided on the, the prior Friday were incorrect. I took great pleasure in sending an email saying, hey, buddy. I'm so glad we verified those instructions for your sake, of course, and for that of your clients. It was a real pleasure working with you. By the way, here's another article on why you got to follow this rule, um, which, again, I'm, the, the only thing that makes me happier than having made sure your client got their money is having shown you this rule because I'm confident now that you will always comply with it and make sure that it gets complied with on all of your transactions. In the meantime, let me buy you lunch. I mean, it was, uh, it was just one of those things. So again, if you've been doing this for no time at all, okay, don't assume that you know things and by all means be willing to learn. If you've been doing this for a thousand years, it should be the same thing. I mean, I've been working, I've been a licensed lawyer now for, for, for 12 years, going on 12 years. And I realize every day that there's so much more to learn, that I'll be learning forever. And, and the day that I decide that I'm done learning, frankly, I hope that's the day that I'm done practicing because that's the day I'm going to be of no more use, uh, you know, to my community. So be willing to learn, be prepared. Cardinal rule number one, be prepared. Cardinal rule number two, be willing to be flexible or be flexible. All right. Catch up with us next time. I'll have some other tall tale to tell you about a real estate transaction. And if you have any questions in the meantime, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Rich Barbara, Coral Gables, Title and Escrow with another episode of Confessions of a Real Estate Lawyer. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Confessions of a Real Estate Lawyer. We sure do appreciate you and hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't done so already, make your way over to the iTunes store or wherever you consume podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you'll get updates on future episodes. And if you feel inclined, please leave us a review. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.